This week, we're going to be really talking about a parable, not a parable, but a, an encounter between Jesus and a woman. This is one of my favorite uh, stories uh, to teach or to preach or to elaborate on because of the many layers to it. But before we get into it, our memory verse uh, for this week is John 4, 13 through 14. Can someone turn that for me? Read it for me. John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. John chapter 4, 13 and 14. Uh, uh, it's, it's a, a moment in the story of uh, Jesus and the woman uh, at the well or the Samaritan woman. So, man, this, this, this chapter of John chapter 4 is so layered. But can someone read the mirror verse from John chapter 4, 13 through 14? You got it for me. You, you, you're in the front row. You got it for me. You don't got it. I got you. You got, you got me. Ah, you started turning. I appreciate it. John chapter 4, 13 through 14. Uh, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Powerful, powerful verse there. But before we get into that verse, I have a question for you. It's, the question is, how well are you? And so you can consider this time an opportunity to do a wellness check. Wellness checks are, you know, when you go to the doctor and they check your vitals, they check your uh, uh, different uh, stuff in your blood, they check certain things to make sure uh, to give you an account of how well are you. So I'm going to read uh, John chapter 4, 1 through probably 1 through 28. And there's so many points in here um, that I kind of want you guys to process and so we may do a part two on Thursday as we uh, break down the memory verse. And I might try to break it down a little bit today. But it says, uh, John chapter 4, verse 1, let's keep going. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Uh, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, which was be noon, our time. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you... Being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have had asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from himself as well as his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him or her will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him or her will become in them a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. 
The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said. There's a lot of words of well. Well is in this verb, in this uh, chapter many times. I have no husband for you have five, had five husbands. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you spoke truthfully. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship me or worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he walked or talked with the woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, water pot went her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And so this chapter is so full of so many points. And I could probably labor on this one chapter for months. But we're going to focus on mainly what our memory verse says. But I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Um, my first question is, what are some things that people are thirsty for? What are some things that people are thirsty or, quote unquote, desperate for? Yes. Go ahead, Miles. Money. And it, uh, expound that for me. Why are people thirsty for money? Yep, so they can have access or buy what they want. Right? What else? Two more people. What are some of the things that people are thirsty, desperate for? That leaves them still thirsty at the end? Power. power. Why, is power why are people thirsty for power? They want control. Anytime you want control, you end up losing control. So good, yeah. Now, last one. What are some of the things? What's one last thing that people are thirsty for? Attention. Attention. Expound that for me. <laughs> She's like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to answer your follow-up question. Why attention? Trauma. Yep. Yeah. All these things are accurate. Most people in our world today are thirsty primarily for these three things. A lot of people are thirsty for money because people don't sit there, like I said before, they don't put their money on a wall and worship it. They, they want the money for them to get access to their wants. People are thirsty for power. They want control. They're so insecure that they love people buckling up under their pressure or their presence. They love when people are, are moving at their, at their whim. So people are thirsty for power. They'll do whatever it takes to have power over people, power over their family, power over companies, etc. Also, people are thirsty for attention. They, I mean, social media has really uh, ramped this up to the point to where back in my day, we didn't really have a like system. We didn't have hearts or thumbs ups. Like, like, so basically our, our, our status or our, our validity was based upon our community. Like if I came into school and, and people liked me, then I felt good. But now 
it has broadened to such a degree that now it, it, it's not necessarily uh, important to you that you have attention from your peers. You want attention from uh, Florida. You want attention from California. You want attention from New York. You want attention from the world. And then when you don't get those likes or thumbs ups or people supporting you, then all of a sudden you don't feel anything uh, confident about yourself. But when you're thirsty for these different things, it's hard for you to quench other people's thirst. The goal in life, like uh, I believe this verse here says, and the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Now, so she had an encounter with God to such a degree that she dropped her water pot. She said, I no longer care about the water at Jacob's well. I no longer care about this water that is only going to make me thirsty again. I'm going to go and be a, a, a conduit for other people to have their thirst quenched, right? And so you have to ask yourself, how well are you? What are you thirsty for? Let's break down this text a little bit more and, and kind of really see uh, what we can extrapolate from this. Let's start from the top. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew... Uh, that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples. Uh, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Thank you, family. Uh, but he needed to go through Samaria. The, the love about that is that the word of God said he needed to go. One thing about Jesus' humanity and his deity when they, when they uh, were in unison was he knew um, that there was tension between the Jews and Samaritans. They didn't like each other. Um, they were racist with each other. They were necessarily the Jews racist towards Samaritans, and the Samaritans felt inferior to the Jews. And so they, uh, most people, they didn't walk through Samaria. They walked another route. But Jesus went out of his way through an area where Jews never really journeyed. And by going through there, he knew in his deity that he had to meet up with a woman that, that he was going to be able to reach, right? And verse 5 says, So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Remember that. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, that's his, that's his human side, which was almost divine, um, because Jesus, we, we notice in the text it said, and we'll get there, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Sixth hour means 12 noon. Now, let me tell you about the woman of Samaria. She was a, 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 a woman of the streets. <laughs> um, you know, you've seen the memes where it says, uh, give her back to the streets. That she was a street girl. She was a prostitute. She wasn't necessarily say she was a prostitute. She was just out there doing her thing, right? And so the Bible, if you understand the context about the people in that day, most people, most women, because the men were at work, most women would go get the water. Women usually would get the water at Early in the morning or late in the evening. Why? It's not, hot. it's not hot. That's right. They went in the morning because, you know, they got their little Starbucks. They went to Starbucks, got a Starbucks cup, and they're going up to the, they meet with their homegirl, and they, they got their Chick-fil-A mini biscuits, whatever things called. They come back, and they, they hang out with the girls by the well. This woman went at noon. Why? Why would she not be with the other one but would go at noon? Ashamed. She was ashamed because Sikar wasn't Charlotte. Sikar wasn't uh, Houston. Sikar wasn't Atlanta. Sikar wasn't a big city. Sikar was Shelby. Sikar was smaller than Shelby. It was one of them towns with a one light. 
You know what I'm saying? The one light towns, crossroads, where you know they 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 barely, they didn't even have a Walmart. They had a, 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 a whatever. They had a small mart. You know. But anyway, but the thing about her is they knew, or she knew they knew what type of woman she was. The Bible also said that she had five men that she was dealing with. Could it be that some of those five men were the other women's men? So. So it can, you can almost imagine how ashamed she was. You can imagine her walking up to the well at 12 noon, just finished with one man that morning. And, and you could probably imagine that she had a, a short skirt on and, and probably just was just had heels on and one heel was broken. And, and she was just trying to make it to get water because even she had to be her thirst had to be quenched. Right. And so she went at 12 noon because she was ashamed. Now, this ain't. Um, up north. This is the Middle East. So we're talking about 100 plus degrees. So Jesus, being God, said, I don't mind being inconvenienced or hot to make sure you're cooled. That's something you have to also process in your personal relationship with God. That no matter where you are, no matter how hot it is for you, no matter how ashamed you are, no matter how afraid you are, he will go out of his way to make sure you know that he is the way. So imagine the context of Jesus being weary. Now, when Jesus got to the world, did the Bible say that he drew water for himself? No, he said, you know, I'm going to wait till she comes. So let's get back to the story. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For the disciples had gone away into the city by food. I love that about Jesus because... The disciples, as you saw later in the text, were kind of judgmental. We see here, it says, uh, uh, and at this point, verse 27, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Now, why did they marvel? Jesus wasn't a married man. Like, those preachers, those uh, uh, teachers of those days, they, they, they didn't marry, or what he didn't marry. And so, they knew what kind of woman she was. It wasn't like he rolled up and she was Mary, fully clothed, and Mary, who wasn't voluptuous. We don't know how thick she was. We don't know how beautiful she was. We don't know how she looked. We don't know how her hair was. She might have, you know, earrings. So she appeared to be a woman that they were shocked that Jesus was talking to. So they marvel. Marvel was like, yo, what Jesus on? <laughs> All right, Jesus, I see you, my boy. <laughs> I see you, Jesus. Maybe one disciple said, I see you. Maybe one disciple was like, man, I'm trying to get that number. But Jesus, watch out, bro. And at this point, these disciples came and marveled that he talked with the woman. So that means they must have known, not necessarily that he didn't talk to women at all. But, yo, Jesus, man, comfortable sitting on that well, bro. You know, Jesus, Jesus talking to. Yet no one said, because they knew, yeah, I can't talk to Jesus like that. No one said, what do you seek or why are you talking to her? All right, so what do you seek? They trying to say, is she trying to get something from Jesus? Is she trying to, you know, you know, get some from Jesus? And they also asked, why are you talking with her? Like, they thought, like, man, Jesus, hold on, man. Like, bro, you talking to shawty? Like, so you could tell that Jesus waited. Uh, where we at? Uh, verse 7. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So he waited until they were gone. And it's beautiful. Sometimes God will allow people to kind of move away from you. So that it could just be you and him. So he could have a conversation without you. Because you know, people in my office, when they talk to me, you know, if another kid walks in, they won't tell me their whole story. Like, there'll be kids that be like, uh, can I, uh, their friend would be like, can I go with her? And the friend's eyes would be like, 
yeah, you can come. But I know in their eyes are like, no, I really want to come by myself. Because I know if you bring your friend, you ain't going to really tell me everything. You're not going to really share with me everything. So I have to tell the kid, nah, she coming by herself. He's coming by himself because they need to communicate. So you can tell that Jesus created an atmosphere or an environment where she can be truthful. So now Jesus said this, give me a drink. Now that sounds bad. People probably think Jesus was misogynistic. Like, yo, girl, give me a drink. I wrote right here, Jesus didn't need a drink, but asked her to give him a drink as a conversation starter, knowing where this conversation would take her. So it wasn't like Jesus was like, give me a drink, as in he was like, yo, shawty, you know, I know who you is and I'm thirsty, or trying to play his Jew card, right? Verse 9, then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. That's like back in the early 60s, 50s, 40s, late 1800s, where you imagine seeing a, a, a white woman talking to a black man or a black woman back in those racist tension times. That will make you be like, man, like we don't, we don't rock with y'all. We don't really uh, mix well with you all. Then Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living what I love that. My question is, what do you know about the gift of God? If you don't know that Jesus is the gift, the true well that makes you well, then you will always go to money, power, attention, sex, whatever it is to make yourself feel full. Now, when I is it wrong to get money? No. Is it wrong to have power? No. Is it wrong um, to, to 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 demand attention from people that that should give you attention? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But it becomes wrong when it doesn't funnel through the well, because when you drink from money, one thing about money is this: you never without Jesus, you're never truly well with money. Because what happens when you get a million? If you're not well, you want two. Then when you get two, you want four. Then when you get to four, you want 10. Then when you get 10, you want 100 mil. So you're never really satisfied. You will always be constantly thirsty for more money without God. Now, what happens when you have power without the well? You won't be well with power. Like power is withheld power. People with power are, should be people that says, you know, I have the power to manipulate. I have the power uh, uh, to stipulate. I have the power to do all these different things. But I'm going to be peaceful and gentle and a gentleman with my power and also attention. Like when you have God's acceptance and you have God's attention, you don't care who's looking at you. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says you give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to ask for God to make me well? Now, the beautiful thing about this imagery why do you think he sat by a well? Because a, was there one well or two wells there? When she walked up, was there one well or two wells? Two wells. Jacob's well and Jesus' well. Don't forget that. So she didn't know. That for years she'd been coming to Jacob's well, not knowing that Jesus was going to sit by the well she thought would make or quench her thirst. The same is with your life. Jesus, every day, through the Holy Spirit, is sitting by or sitting on your well. Right by your bedside, he's sitting at your well saying, 
Are you still thirsty? That boyfriend you thought was going to make you or quench your thirst, you still thirsty, right? That girl you thought was going to quench your thirst, I'm sitting right beside her. Obviously, she hasn't quenched your thirst yet. This career, these ambitions, I'm sitting right here. <clears throat> and obviously, it still hasn't quenched your thirst. Jesus is always going to sit at the well of your life, proving to you that you are not really well. But you look well. You look well. Your clothes look well. All the Christmas. Oh, y'all not wearing your Christmas clothes here because <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you look well. People got their hairs did. Fresh lineups. New deodorants, new sprays, new colognes. You look well, you smell well, but inside you're not well because you chose the wrong well. Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And so she's confused. She still didn't recognize him as a well and began to compare his will to her father's will. So she said, you have nothing to draw with. So back in the Bible days, y'all know what a well is, right? You know, the little the bucket and the pull the rope down, it dips into the water, and then you pull the water up, right? So she was saying, sir, now she's being respectful, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Let me tell you something about these wells. Does it take, okay, let's draw a well. Let me see if I can draw a decent well. Right? That's a well, to the best of my ability, right? Now, Here's the water, right? Now, it requires a lot of work to pull water this deep, right? Why? Because you have to drop the thing down. Get it. Now, it's easy if the water is always at the top, right? If the water is at the top, it's easy. What Jesus is saying is, is that, <coughs> what she was saying, you, sir, have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. He's saying, man, I don't need to draw water because the water is at the brim. The water's up here. Your well, you have to work for. Jesus is saying, man, in life, if you truly want to do well, you have to be well. And you have to trust that the living spring of water is always here. So a lot of you all, not all of you all, but a lot of people in your, your age bracket, in my age bracket, they working too hard for the money. <laughs> They working. Do you know, man? I don't. I don't work hard for money. Money works hard for me. I don't have to uh, uh, look for power. Power comes to me. I don't have to look for attention. Attention comes to me because I am connected to the well, right? So now, if now, if I'm a person that says, "Oh man, I just want to work for the money," it's going to take me a lot of work. I got to go all the way deep just to get water. Then about the time I pull the water up, what happens? Water starts dripping. And then about the time the bucket gets here, I only have that much water in my bucket. But if the water's right here, <clears throat> I can just do this. <clears throat> now I got my water. So she was saying, man, you don't, you don't, you don't got to draw with, and plus the well is deep. If you got to go this deep, now what's the better, make money here or make money here? Make money here, right? That's easy. Right. So right now, all I do is I, I go on YouTube. If I go on YouTube right now, right, right now, someone's writing a check right now. Somebody's uh, uh, wanting to give money right now. Someone's buying a book right now. Someone's buying a shirt right now. While I'm talking to you clocked in, I'm making money somewhere else. I make money in my sleep. I make money when I'm awake. I make money when I eat. I make money wherever I got to go because it's easier when I'm tapped into the well. 
And when you when you look at money and be like, oh well, like like I don't need you, then money will be looking for you. That's why with God it's supposed to be easier. Like like basketball, everything you do, sports wise, music wise, creative wise, whatever artistry you do, when you tap into the well, it's easier. The world has to work extra hard to get money. We don't got to work that hard. People want to put me in power because I don't want the power. I get attention because I don't need the attention. See, there's a difference between needs and wants. We only need God. You don't need anything else but God and water. <laughs> right? Everything else you don't need. See what I'm saying? But when you want something badly, you'll work for it. So she said, man... How is it that you being a Jew ask? I already read that. The woman said to her, sir, you have nothing to draw with. He says, man, I don't need to draw. I'm the draw. And the well is deep. How deep is your well? Where then do you get that living water? She was like, I'm sold. I'm tired of this tap water. I'm tired of this water. I, I want what you're talking about. Jesus was a good seller. Jesus was like, man, give, he started with give me a drink. Then got her asking. For her, then she asking for a drink. It's, he's he he he's smooth, smooth operate. That's before your time. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? So now she's saying, "Oh man, so you so you 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 attacking my family because this is Jacob's well. That's my forefathers. She, she's like just like the women that went in the morning and the evening. I'm still a part of that family." She says, "Are you not greater than our father Jacob, <clears throat> who gave us this well?" And drank from it. See how she threw it down. He drank from it too. As well as his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, Jesus answered her and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks from this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks from this water will thirst again. No matter what it is. Relationships, money, power, attention, whatever it is. Will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, this is our memory verse, will never thirst. See, he's not saying that you'll never thirst because now when was like when was the last time you was in America? <laughs> when was the last time you were thirsty and there was no water? That we talking about we ain't talking about <coughs> I just need some we, we talking about you thirsty. Like, 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 man, no water around. I'm thirsty. When have we ever been like that? Where we were just, we ain't talking about we just finished hooping and, and you just like, I want the bougie water. I don't want to drink the water fountain, so I'm going to stay thirsty until I get a Gatorade. We're talking about thirsty. None of us really been there. Maybe we have at one point, but we've never been there. And he says, uh, and she never thirst again. So that right there lets me know I need to do a wellness check and say, man, what am I thirsty for? Because I want to be in a place where I don't have thirst. Now, let me ask you this question. What is the benefit of not having to be thirsty for these three or four things? What are the benefits of not having to deal with being thirsty? Some benefits of not being thirsty. I need one. You can focus. When you focus on these four things, it's a waste of time. You never want to be a person that chases things. Because when you chase, what's the difference between pursuing something and chasing something? What's the difference? Chasing and pursuing. I'll give you football terms. 
Is a linebacker pursuing a quarterback or chasing a quarterback in most times? So the quarterback's doing his drop step, right? He's pursuing that quarterback, right? He's in control because now he's pursuing the quarterback. Now, if the running back comes around the linebacker and he's going this way, he's doing what now? Chasing. Because it's out of his control now. When you chase something, you're not in control. When you're chasing something, that thing is in control of you. Now you've got to chase it. Now, now if that person runs a four, what's the fast, fast speed? A four, four, uh, a four, three, two. And I run a 586. <laughs> I ain't, all y'all looked up. I don't know the terms. 586, a five, whatever. I run a five. Am I catching him? No. no. Right? These things will always be faster than you. <laughs> when money runs in front of you and you chase it, you will never catch it all the way. Power, attention, relationship, you'll never catch it when you're thirsty. But when you are the number one linebacker in the country and you come off that line quick, that quarterback's scared of you, right? These things should know I'm in control of pursuing you, right? The thing about us sometimes is that we'll chase these different things and then we'll be tired, but they'll score, right? So we have to remember that I want to be in a place of control, self-control, understanding that I don't need to focus on these because let me tell you something about these things. When you focus on these different things, you end up not fruitful. Right now, when you're in relationships or, or, or looking for or pursuing business, whatever it is that you're pursuing, when you focus on those different things, you got to work extra. Let me tell you, all the other girls that I dated besides my wife drained me. Took money, took time, took energy. And what do I have to show for it right now? Am I married to any one of them? No. But when I pursued my wife, it was easier. It wasn't difficult. But imagine me being broke, not having my purpose together. It would be difficult for me to pursue it. But what I'm trying to say is, is that you got to be in a place where you say, you know what? I don't want to be thirsty again because I want to sustain my focus. What's another benefit of not being a thirsty person and you're fully quenched. We're talking about your soul is quenched. Your emotions are quenched. Your mind is at peace. What are some of the benefits of being that kind of person? You're satisfied with what you have. Satisfied, content, yep. You're satisfied. Content and satisfaction is saying that I may not like do you think I want more money? Of course I want more money. I want more financial freedom. That ain't that ain't but I'm okay. Like I'm not, I'm not in desperate need for money to the point to where I lose focus on my family. One thing I um, and and, and y'all and you know, y'all understand, I'm a new father, so um, a lot of things that I'm learning now is is really life changing to me. But like <clears throat> when I have to hold my daughter for about six to seven hours a night, right? Or you know, depending on what my wife got to do, pumping all that kind of stuff. When I when I have to sit there. I'm losing time. Like right now, my book was supposed to come out in January, but my book didn't come out. But I said, I rather, like I told myself, I rather, I don't mind losing money. One thing I do mind is losing my daughter. I don't mind losing money. If that means I don't lose her. Because <laughs> one thing I don't want to happen is I got her the biggest house in Charlotte. She's going to the best school in Charlotte. She's got all the toys. And then one day I look up and she said, but you never gave me attention. I provided everything. 
but I wasn't emotionally there. I wasn't mentally there. I don't mind losing anything but losing my family. So even though I may want more money, I'm content with what I have because I have more in my family than I have in my bank account. I always want to make sure I have more family than funds. Why is it more important to have more family than funds? Maybe for a man, that's probably something I can ask a question to. But I'd rather be 70, 80 years old and have more family than funds. Why? Because when I have more family, then, then, then I have contributed to their, their ease, their peace, their, their, their confidence in me. But if I have all the money in the world, no family, I'm at the hospital alone. What happens if something happens to me? Right now, if something happens to me, my hospital room is full because people love me. <laughs> Chris might even shed a tear. Hey, Unc, man, pull through. Uh, come on, Unc. Unc, you got this, Unc. Chris might start. I'm like, Chris, you never talk like that. Chris might be like, man, Unc, man. My, my, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. But my whole hospital before because I'm like, man, no, you family. But if I didn't spend time with Chris all them summers playing ball, Chris will, Chris will call me and be like, hey, I'll, I'll give you 40, you know. And, and it's 80 to 90 degrees outside. And, I, and he's like, man, I want to play ball. I had to invest. Now we extra cool now because of those summers. I remember when he was playing ball, sixth grade, seventh grade. And what school you was at? You and your prep, man. Bruh, he don't know this. I'll tell my wife, babe, I'm tired. But I tell her, I got to take Chris to this practice. If I don't take the Chris to this practice, I might lose him at 16. He might be doing drugs by 17. He might have a baby by 19. If I do not be whatever male figure I need to be, I may lose Chris. <laughs> so now it's like when you have that mindset, you like, fam, hey, man, hey, man, listen. All the money in the world can't compare to me losing my nephew. <laughs> I can have all the money in the world. And if Chris out there selling drugs, now his mama's sad. Now his sister's worried. Even a dog going to miss him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chris in the streets. That's going to be tough. Chris won't go to the streets, but I'm saying it, it could have been. You know, you never know. What I'm trying to say is that I'd rather have more family than funds because funds without family ain't fun. What's the point of having a bunch of money but you at the beach by yourself? <laughs> Let's keep going. Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water will uh, thirst. What a man tired, man. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give. What's the water? Who, oh, let me say, who is the water? Who that water is? Why did Jesus have to leave? Who did he send after he died? The Holy Spirit. He says, whoever drinks of that water, these waters will thirst again and plus more. And, uh, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That's powerful. Right now to the brim. I got the Holy Spirit that I can tap into at any given time. And that thing will, will not just, it, it, he will never be this low. The thing about the Holy Spirit is this is you the well. I'm the well. This is, you remember she said Jacob's well? This is Joshua's well. That's Silas' well, Sanala's well, Stephanie's well, Michaela's well. That, like, you're the well. He's saying <clears throat> to ensure you never thirst again, I'm going to fill you up to the brim. Now, we're the well, the water at the top. 
You heard the saying, you can take a horse to the to the water, but you can't make the waters. Uh, hold on. You can take, <laughs> how'd it go? How's it go? You can take the, uh, hold on, take, take the horse to the water, but you can't make the horse drink. Same as with us. You got the water, but I'm not going to make you drink if you not want to drink. So all of us as believers, we got the Holy Spirit up to here. But it's our responsibility to say, you know what, I... I'm not going to take my bucket and go to this well and it's that deep when I got this water here. The Bible says it will be a wellspring. A wellspring means that it's just springing. <clears throat> a spring shoots above water. So he said it would be like to the point where water's overflowing. He says, I should give him would never thirst again, but the water that I should give him will become in him or her a fountain of water springing up to everlasting. Like when you have that good water, <clears throat> let me ask you this question: Would you? <laughs> I, I wouldn't touch Aquafina to save my life. I wouldn't touch uh, Dasani to save my life. It's just tap water in the bottle. I wouldn't touch it. But this right here, that's the alkaline water. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go to Whole Foods. Give me a good spring water. I get this spring water because I know it's better for me. Right? So this water probably costs me $2 just for this, right? $2. Tap water free. Aquafina Dasani might not even be that much, right? But I'm always going to choose the premium water over the bad water because the bad water got bad stuff in it. Would you go to someone's house and they say, back in my day, we, was, we, was, we ain't know no better. We'd be outside all day. Playing football. We were so reckless. Y'all play football in grass. Back in my day, we had no grass. I was in the hood. <laughs> we had grass. We had rocks and tree stumps. <laughs> tree, tree roots. You got to watch, watch that root because you, you run that route, hit the root. You know what I'm saying? You, your face is the ground. So we played. We was reckless. We get tackled. You know, hopefully you got tackled on the sideline where there was some grass. But if you got hit over there by the cement, all that stuff that you dust stuff off and try again, Leah said, right? What was my point about saying this? Hmm? Man, what was I saying about this? This was a good point. Oh, yeah. So after we done played football all day, grandma back behind grandma's house, the water holes. <laughs> We'd be out there drinking at that water hole. <laughs> and then, you know, that water, that water, that water hole's bad. <laughs> out there looking crazy. But what I'm saying is that we didn't know no better. Now, would you, knowing that you got good water in the refrigerator... Would you still go back behind the house and drink that hose water? You wouldn't. Because you know all I got to do is go into the refrigerator and give me a nice water. What he's saying is, why are we so dumb to choose water out the tap because it's free versus drinking the water that was paid for me? She said, I got better water for you. This, this water, <clears throat> drink from me first so that you can know how to pursue this. But don't drink from this. Don't drink from this because that ain't going to sustain you. It ain't good for you. The reason why we are not well is because we are dehydrated. We are drinking from wells that can't quench our thirst. Imagine drinking from these things and still being dehydrated. Like, for instance, you, you can drink Sprite when you're thirsty, but will that hydrate you? Will it hydrate you better than water? No. So imagine you drinking, this is Pepsi, this is Coca-Cola, this is Kool-Aid, and this is uh, uh, sparkling, I don't know, Something, right? 
But it won't quench your thirst. It tastes good. But when you drink from it alone, it's not good. My question is, what are you thirsty for today? The powerful thing about this woman is, we'll keep reading. Uh, the woman said to him, sir, give me this living water. Give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus knew how to ask the right question. Go get your husband. And she was like, oh. <clears throat> the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said. Now the word well, you have well said. In order for me to be well, I have to well say. Well, that doesn't make sense. But you know what I mean? I have to say well. It means I have to be honest. She was saying, man, Jesus said to her, you have said well. I have no husband. <clears throat> for you have had five husbands. And the one whom, and the one whom you now have is not. So she, <laughs> she don't have five husbands. She probably like 30 some years old. Five husbands, <clears throat> and the one's house she just left to go get water ain't her husband. Whose husband is he? For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. Is that in that you have spoken truly? So right here I put, before you can have true wellness, you must repent from your sins. You must confess your sins and say, you know what, I'm not well, man. This, this, this habit, this addiction. God, I'm not well. Yeah, I've, I, I'm, I have no husband. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing money and I shouldn't be pursuing this hard. Like, like, God, I'm not well. And then when Jesus said you have spoken truthfully, then you could be well. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> of course. Our fathers worship on this mountain. You Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you were neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Uh, you worship what you do not know. We worship. We know what we worship for salvation from the Jews. But the hour is coming and we're living in that hour. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking uh, such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I, I'll break that down some other time. That's so powerful. Like, what does it mean to be a true worshiper? We'll talk about it some other time. Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Verse 27 is what I want to get to. And at this point, his disciples came and we saw, he was, the disciples came back. Jesus, I don't know what Jesus probably ordered. Pretty sure in Sitcar, there was probably a KFC in Sitcar. That's probably Bojangles. Sitcar wasn't like Charlotte where you had... Uh, Cheddar's, or you had Zaxby's, or you had nice restaurants. It's probably sick. Car probably just had you know you've been you been you have been in small towns where you see a KFC, <laughs> the KFC with a buffet. You, you see the KFC, a KFC Pizza Hut. <laughs> What's it? What else in them small towns? Y'all, we hoopers. Y'all hoopers drove by these towns, ball players. There's there's a KFC in them small towns, a Pizza Hut in them small towns. Give me one more, and a and a and a, uh, a Ryan's cafeteria, or J and W cafeteria, or Quincy's. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Quincy, yeah. Oh, yeah, you up there You up there with me? No, you're not there. No, you're not there. But Quincy's, right? So it's not like you're going through, uh, well, my time's running out. It's not like you're going through university area where you have 15 options. The sick car only had three options. So I'm pretty sure they probably brought back Jesus some, some uh, turkey necks and some gizzards or something like that um, in the little small towns. 
And the disciples came back. Who are you? And we all said, verse 20. And the woman then left her water pot. She said, bam. I came up here to get water. And it's noon. And I'm tired. But when I had one conversation with God. One conversation. And he told me. You ain't well, my sister. She had one conversation. I'm telling you, one conversation with God will make you feel full. I was helping a, a person the other day, and this person was going through a lot. Um, and Holy Spirit told me to get up and, and go to this person's office, and I went to the office and then had a conversation. Now this person is pursuing their dream. Like, the one moment she was, she was depressed, and one conversation with a person that had the Holy Spirit speaking through him, now that person is back in their purpose and excited, glowing. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be so well. Because the water is high, we're supposed to be so good that no matter where we go, have you heard about a man that tells me everything that I know? She said, the woman then left her water pot, she had bumped what the water I came for, went her way into the city, and said to the who? The men's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure five of the six men was in attendance. <laughs> she said, y'all know, I'm talking to y'all's men's. All the men's that, and we, she just had five husbands. That don't mean she ain't slept with 50. We don't, but like, like, if you in a small town, you ever been, well, you know, y'all didn't grow up in a small town, but small town, you know the girl that done slept with Uncle Ray Ray and done slept with your cousin and slept with your, even your dad. We know, that we, people know, right? So she went to the men's and the men's was like, oh man, she, she different. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men's, come see a man. Who told me all things that I ever did with y'all? <laughs> Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Our goal should be to do a wellness check. How well am I, God? Pull up out of me. Because when water rises, spill out of me anything that's not supposed to be in me. Because all I want in me is the wellspring of life that keeps giving me abundant life. So that when I go back to my peoples and they be like, man, he ain't the same no more. Imagine going back to your team and you cussed all the time. You had anger problems. And all of a sudden you come back and, 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 and you're a different person. People going to look at you differently. Oh, you used to be. You all right? Yeah, man, Jesus changed my life, man. People are going to be more inclined to hear about why you're so well. And then you can have a conversation by their well and help them get well. Any questions? Y'all got somebody of this? And so tomorrow we'll go into, uh, we're Good actually. Morning, Mr. Yes, ma'am. Pardon the interruption. You got the ninth graders, right? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Miss Jeter wanted them to make sure as soon as the bell rings to go dress out for PE. All right. No problem. I got you. Well, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, tomorrow we'll go in depth. We'll go to chapter 11.